This is Greg Smallwood, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Listeners, you are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is another retrospective bonus episode for you. Uh, for newer loonies that may not have caught some of the great interviews we've been uh, able to do over the, the past years. Uh, welcome, welcome. I am your High Priest of Conchu, Ray. And following up from our first retrospective bonus episode, this is our second interview. Uh, and it was conducted again during our 100th episode way back when Uh, and this was a great one I had a lot of fun doing this Uh, just a bit of a uh, putting things into context I was in the middle of a move actually so I recorded this in a near empty apartment um, with um, with my partner Eve in the new apartment Um, but I I jumped on to our old apartment to record this with uh, none other than Greg Smallwood. So a very fun chat with Greg. Um, had some technical issues, you know, as always. There's some gremlins everywhere, but it was a, it was a great chat. So I hope you enjoy this. Um, um, the interview with Greg Smallwood. Enjoy. <clears throat> Yes, welcome Looney listeners. This is our 100th episode of Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. This is a um, celebratory interview, actually, um, to celebrate our 100th issue. And uh, we wanted to do something really nice for the Loonies. So I am very pleased to announce that we have uh, Moon Knight alumni Greg Smallwood to, uh, with us. How are you, Greg? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Yeah, good, good. I am very excited to uh, to chat with you about Moon Knight. Um, uh, as I mentioned just before we, we hit the record button, uh, many of the loonies are just massive fans of yours. So um, I'm hoping to do this uh, this interview justice, but at the same time, it, it's good to just have a chat with you and, you know, see how things go. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so look, you know, first off the cuff, and we, we generally ask some of our guests anyway, um, current pull list. So, what what's on your plate uh, at the moment? Like, what are you reading? Um, you know, not necessarily Marvel, but but any of the publishers. Um, I uh, I don't actually have a pull list anymore. So it's just whatever grabs me. I'm, I usually um, will pick up a a random single issue here and there, and if I enjoyed it, I might wait and you know wait for the mm-hmm. trade. Um. um yeah, usually I, I'm I'm reading old comics, but uh, oh, oh yeah, they're good as a, well. Kaiju <laughs> Max, uh, which is published by Oni, uh, ah. by Xander Cannon. I I love that guy's work, so uh, that's kind of I, I mean I figured I'd like it, and um, buddy of mine recommended it, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I I, I loved uh, he did Heck, which is um, was part of his uh, double barrel. Uh, online webcomic thing and uh oh. winning an eisner but that's that's the book i i usually recommend to people if they want to read xander okay. cannon but kaiju max is is uh equally awesome okay um, and look 
just forgive my total ignorance. Um, I, I live a very blinkered comic book <laughs> um, fandom. Uh, kaiju, is it like Pacific Rim? Are we talking like monsters? Uh, how would I pitch it? It's like, um, it's yeah, it's it's if you took yeah Godzilla kaiju monsters and you I, you combine it with like The Wire or Oz, oh. you know, the shows, and it's wow. Yeah, but and it's drawn in a really cartoony, very stylized um, way. But but at the same time, it's got some real uh, pathos to it. It's it's not uh, it's not very kiddy, and yeah. it's uh, it can be very humorous, but also very serious. I, I it's it's one of those books that you can't really describe how the tone is going to be. Uh, you just kind of have to read it for yourself, and and then uh, uh, yeah, because yeah, I. Cause I some you know uh, my buddy pitched it to me and i was like i don't know i i'm not really like a big japanese monsters guy i know that it's sander mm-hmm. cannon I, I thought well i mean i'll probably like it but it's just and it didn't seem like it was really my thing but then i ended up reading it and i, I loved it so yeah oh, i wow. definitely definitely so, recommend so it's very much a recent kind of a recent thing yeah uh yeah, yeah. they just released um only just released a kind of a compendium um I guess you mm-hmm. could call it. It's got the first, like, two trade paperbacks in it. Um, oh, okay. I think they're going by seasons, if I if I remember correctly. So, like, the first trade is called season one, the second is, like, season two, and, and so okay. on. So, but uh, great, great book. Um, yeah, I think it kind of... Xander is just one of these guys who's just kind of operating along the fringes of the mainstream, just producing really, really solid work. So I, uh, I'm always... Is it- is he a writer and, and an artist? Or? Yeah, he is a, a writer and an artist. He actually got – first time I noticed him, I don't know what his – I can't remember what his first work was. Um, but I noticed him on uh, Smacks that he did with Alan Moore when Alan Moore was doing his America's Best Comics. Oh, okay. And they did a book together. And uh, um, and then I just kind of – you know, I would see him pop up from here, you know, here and there. And then, and then eventually – um uh he uh got together with Kevin Cannon who's who's no relation they just happen to have the same last name strangely enough yeah, yeah. um so Xander Cannon has done this um this Kaiju Max thing and you and you mentioned about Heck and him uh, working with Alan Moore mm-hmm. right right um Superhero wise, though, I mean, what 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 has has he done any like superhero kind of things as well, or is that what Alan Moore has? I'm very unfamiliar with um, a lot of Alan Moore's stuff. <laughs> this is gonna sound weird because I've obviously only really worked in superhero comics with a few exceptions, but um, I uh, I didn't you know I didn't really grow up reading a ton of superhero comics. You know, I read a, oh, okay. I, it was um, you know I, I, my my favorite comics growing up were. Um, you know, Bone and uh, The Rocketeer and okay. Xenozoic Tales and, and stuff like that. I was always, uh, I mean, I did read uh, Batman. I read like Nightfall when that came out. I was, like, you know, super pumped. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I read uh, I read Hulk by Peter David when he did his long run. Oh, love that. Uh, yeah. That was, that was definitely probably... Uh, yeah, that was definitely my first 
real superhero run that I read was was Hulk by Peter David. Um, that's what I got into, and then okay. and then after that I got into um, Flash, which uh, oh. Wade did with uh, I think Waringa. And, yeah. Was that because of the TV show? There was a one-season TV show with. Um... Into it. it was actually really disappointing uh, for me as a someone watching the TV show. And I I grew up with you know with the uh, superpowers action figures. I always loved the figures and I loved the cartoons. Uh-huh. Anytime they did a cartoon, I was always you know, devouring it. But um, yeah, the uh, my my real um entry point for Flash, yeah, was that was that TV show they did, which I still love. I think it's great, but. It is pretty cool. It's a little campy. Mark Hamill's a bit a bit weird oh, as the trickster, yeah. but <laughs> I love it. I mean, it, looking back, I yeah. how camp it was, but at the time, I took it yeah. very seriously. But yeah, we went to a yeah went to a comic book convention. Um, I, you know, probably the year it came out, and uh, and then I I found out, you know, my my dad and I were looking for Flash comics for me to read, and then that's when uh-huh. I found out. Barry Allen had died in the comics, and I was like, "What?" No. So the first five <laughs> were you know, Wally West comics, and at first I was like, "Yeah, oh, read about Barry Allen, you know." And uh, yeah, that was, yeah. Was, it the, was it your first? Ex- sorry, um, sorry, Greg. No. Was it your um? Was it your first exposure to a comic book death? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably thinking, oh, this is a be all and end all, but you know, a couple of months down the track, he's back, or you know, <laughs> as it always goes. Um, sorry, I cut you off there. No, no, no. It was just, yeah, it was eye opening. It was, uh, it, like you mm. said, it was my first uh, exposure to uh, major comic book death. And of course, I didn't actually explain yeah. why it was going on. It, you know, I found out years later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But now I, I, Every time I see a, a new fan walk into the store and they kind of, you know, you know, I've, I've been in a comic book shop where, you know, someone's experienced that where they come in, you know, and they're like, hey, I want to, you know, I don't know, something about, you know, Captain America. And they're like, oh, well, you know, yeah. Steve Rogers, yeah. Yeah. not quite Captain America right now, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. I think back. I, it's always that time. That yeah. I found out that Barry Allen yeah. was dead. So, Yeah. yeah. That that was your moment where uh, that was your kind of um, turning point, I guess. Because <laughs> it's always a way, isn't it? Like there's always, um, you know, as you can say, as some people say, like always a disappointment in the in the fact that there's no norm. You know, if it's not one character, it's another character that you like that isn't quite how you originally yeah. perceived it. And um, yeah, but that's the nature of comics, and I guess the story right uh, story. Uh, writing in general uh you got to keep it fresh you got to keep it interesting so mm-hmm. uh, stuff like you know dan slot with superior spider-man and you hear these death threats and all this and sooner or later he's back <laughs> so it's uh it all finds its way it all sorts itself out in the wash so greg did you grow up in a in a comic book kind of household you mentioned your dad and yourself went to conventions was your dad a collector yeah actually he was um and he he collected probably for the same reason that I I still collect now. It's um maybe for the art, you know. I um I, mean, I, I yeah. definitely read a lot of comics, but um the yeah the big the big draw for me is is the art, and so a lot of people might follow writers. I tend to follow artists, and and mm-hmm. if the writing you know uh, captures my attention, then I will uh, I will go ahead and read it. But sometimes I I don't even uh, I don't even bother reading the comics. I just look at 
<laughs> oh wow! <laughs> but, but he's the one. Yeah, my dad's the one that that got me into it, and um, and nice. then buying you know buying the, like the superpowers, the DC superpowers action figures when I was a kid. You know that was an mm-hmm. that was kind of my entry point for the characters. Um, and they had yeah. the uh, Marvel had the uh, what was it Secret Wars uh, line of figures. Oh yeah, uh, yeah yeah. That was oh wow. Yeah, but that dates me. So now you know, like I yeah. <laughs> no. I don't. No, no, no worries. So you um, do you collect figures still? Or? No, no. I uh, well, no, actually, okay. I mean, I guess I technically do because I, um, mm. I do buy figures and and I've even I've even got some hot toys that I I buy for reference. So I'll ah, figures right, or course. or just use them to kind of get a sense of how that character looks in in three dimensions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about your art then, because I'm sure all the loonies are probably, you know, screaming at me, <laughs> asking something about his art. Um, you mentioned back before that you um, you read Peter David's run. Um, I remember being absolutely in awe at Dale McCann's art. I loved his art. Uh, he later went on to do Pit for Image, um, and then I kind of lost lost track. With, um, I know he's doing a Peter David um, team up in June sometime. Um, but speaking for yourself, like who were your influences? Like when you, who did you like to look at? Um, whose art did you like to look at? My all time favorite superhero artist would definitely be, uh, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. And, right. um, he is most known for the, uh, the art he did for the DC licensing. And so, um, mm-hmm. like if you, you know, if you had any, well, I you know I think his art was actually all over those DC Superpowers uh, action figures. Actually, I think his art is the cards uh, and, like I said, bed sheets and yeah. PJs and T-shirts. Every you could imagine if if you, it had DC art, it was his art. And so I am imagining then um, just very kind of classic style yes. comic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah. I think why he was never like a huge name, even though he was, I think he's considered one of the artist artists you know if you talk to other uh-huh. book artists like garcia lopez and that's because yeah. he's, he is understated but man he just he knows how to draw the human figure like nobody else and his pages and his storytelling is always really dynamic i mean he's just awesome he's just really on it you know and uh yeah He's, I think he just turned 70 last year, and so he's been making... Oh, wow. Yeah, for a long time. And I think he started when he was a teenager. Um, he's Jeez. Argentinian, and so uh-huh. um, you know he did a lot of comics uh, there and then eventually made the move over to American comics um, while he was still relatively young. So um, wow. he's been producing a lot. But yeah, um, you know, for... Did he do Marvel at all? Sorry, Greg, or was he just a pre, a, a pretty much a DC man? Just a DC guy, yeah. Uh, ah, okay. Yeah, all of his work has been been for DC. Some of my favorite DC stuff that he's done would be um, Cal, uh, that was written by Dave Gibbons. It's a Superman Elseworlds story, and then mm-hmm. did um, oh, what else did he do? He did a ton of stuff for DC. Uh, mm. Twilight, which was actually under. Um, I don't think it was Vertigo. It was like pre-Vertigo, but it was uh, Howard mm-hmm. Lincoln writing. It was like a, 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 a sci-fi series. And um, he did uh, Batman, Reign of Terror, another Elseworlds story. Oh, okay. Uh, 
Uh, I've probably seen a lot of his art, but I just didn't know it was him. He had, like he sounds like his. He had yeah. a story in the Action Comics One Thousand. He did the uh, Mister Mixius oh. story. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I got that issue. Oh. So yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's yeah. his work. Um, his work always awesome. really really sharp. If he inks himself or if uh, Kevin Nolan, yes, yeah. and so. Yeah. Okay. I I, I was I, look, I love reading older comics as well. I'm doing a bit of a read for a review coming up, and um, I was reading stuff by Steve Englehart and Al Milgram. Oh. And I really, yeah, Al Milgram's work is great. I love it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, he's yeah, it, yeah, fantastic stuff too. Yeah, it's always yeah. I love going back, and sometimes I'll I'll rediscover work, or I'll discover somebody that I just. I completely missed, and um, mm. there are a lot of those because the, you know, I mean, there's decades of, of comics before I ever got into yeah. them, and, and uh, there's plenty of of work out there, and, and not all of them are celebrated. It's not quite like movies where uh, a film becomes a cult classic after disappearing for a while. A lot of comics they just fade into mm. obscurity. They do, um, yeah. Just the, the vast number of them. I guess it's hard to, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Somebody collected newspapers, you know, to like try to find <laughs> like you know, <laughs> some, you know, uh, obscure article. I mean, that's that's really tough. But fortunately now we have like, you know, comicsology and so you can go digging yes. around on comicsology and and they're putting a lot more on there and I think that's great because you can actually yeah. um, you know, have access to so, you didn't before. Yeah. So are, are you a digital man or are you a bit of both or well, how do you um read your comics? Yeah, I prefer reading them in print. Uh, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, easier on the eyes. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I love, I, well, especially when it comes to older comics, I, I love the, the feel of the paper and, uh, yep. and I love the, uh, I, I, I love the bad coloring, you know, and I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, to me, that's, there's a, a lot of charm to that. And so especially yeah. for older comics, but, but yeah, newer comics, uh, I don't know. It depends. I mean, I'm a Marvel guy, you know, uh, you know, mm-hmm. worked for, for the company for, for a number of years, but uh, mm-hmm. first to, to admit that their their quality of paper that they use, their paper stock is just terrible. So for a lot of Marvel, uh, yeah. I don't care if yeah. it's digital. I'll read it digitally because I'm not, I don't feel like I'm gaining anything. Uh, yeah. You know, on, on You've done, you've done a couple of um, covers for Valiant Comics. We're big Valiant Comics fans as well. They use good good paper i believe i mean it's quite nice oh yeah it's really nice i love seeing my stuff in print because mm. it's yeah production quality is just top notch boom is usually really good too um boom studio okay has um these nice cardstock covers and yeah and i think it pays i mean as you say it, it it really um advantages the um the art you know it brings the most out of it so uh yeah i don't know hopefully marvel can i don't know do something or at least release prestige formats you know i think dc yeah. then they do that and on the on the paper stock yeah um slightly different as well yeah um also sorry greg just going back a couple uh you mentioned you did uh just drop a little thing there about um you were you know, thinking that at this stage you'd be doing a lot of creator own stuff. Have do you do you dabble um, like with with uh, you know creating characters and stories and stuff? Yeah, I mean, I've got a, a big folder of ideas and and uh, mm-hmm. my my sister and I my sister and I worked on uh, Vampironica together. We wrote we yes. wrote that and then I I did the the art for it and 
we had we had such a great experience on that. We thought we would go ahead and and, and try creating something original. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've been working yes. on that. But uh, you know, I guess just just the day job of you know doing covers and uh, you yeah. know, uh, um, occasional one shot or something like that is always kind of yeah. taken up. You know, uh, priority. Yeah. The- I mean, yeah. You've just just to um, shout out here to like your fantastic work here. You've you've mentioned all three of them there. <laughs> um, your one shots. Uh, there was that amazing Spider Man one that you did, which is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, absolutely loved it. And the um, the what was it? The the Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, the best defense. Yeah. Man, that was really it's such a treat uh, to see you do a whole um, issue of that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, those one-shots that you do, uh, for any fan, they're really, really treasured. Um, also, your, your cover, your covers, I wanted to actually talk to you about that because um, apart from being just an exceptional artist uh, in the books, mm-hmm. and uh, we will get to maybe talking a little bit about Moon Knight um, uh, issues that you've done, but... I want to talk about your Moon Knight covers. Um, now, I, I follow your uh, newsletter as well, and I've seen um, um, you're very generous in, in showing, you know, some variant covers that not necessarily have made it, but they look awesome like the Daredevil one. Uh, with the Moon Knight covers, what I'm getting at, Greg, is that how do you come up with those, um, those designs? Like, I know it's a bit of a broad question, but... They really do add to the overall Lemire Smallwood run, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, I think it was a se- second issue. There's a really kind of trippy. Oh yeah, kind of uh, the pe- yeah head one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I I'd be happy to talk about those covers. Those are, um, yeah, those those are sometimes inspired by uh, the story itself. Sometimes it's just an mm-hmm. idea that I wanted to get across. Sometimes, like with that cover. Um, that actually was uh, the editor, Jake Thomas, telling me mm-hmm. he wanted something that looked like an album cover, something trippy and weird. Ah. And so, cool. yeah, immediately uh, started thinking about just the, the weirdest and trippiest album covers that I've seen and um, just <laughs> sketching out ideas. And, uh, yeah, it's actually it's, it's funny because it is kind of a uh, kind of a square design on that uh, on that cover and that's precisely because i was actually sketching it in kind of an album uh format and so that i could really kind of get in that headspace of you know of of it looking like an album cover um Mm -hmm. but yeah a lot of the covers you know it starts off with with a an idea you know um like the the one where he's pulling off his face and revealing the, the moon knight face underneath that was something that I, w- I wanted to get the idea across that Moon Knight is his true, you know, uh, identity. And so that's a very mem- very memorable cover. That, that actually, yeah, that's very uh, indelible actually, uh, because yeah, the symbol the symbolism. Sorry, Greg, you, you were explaining it, but was um, yeah, is very very nice indeed. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, it's it starts off with that that idea, and then mm-hmm. I just start brainstorming on on how I can visually convey that. And uh, it takes a lot of time. It's a lot of just kind of, you know, um, spitballing, you know, doing a lot of doodles mm-hmm. there, thinking about it for long periods of time and then not thinking about it. Sometimes your brain can actually work out mm-hmm. these little connections for you while you're thinking about something else. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's, 
you know, just sitting there staring at a wall for a, a long period. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that was that was what I thought um, when we were just having a little chat before as well. And you said that you know you're a bit of a night owl, and and, and then you surprised me when you say this is when you do your drawing. Yeah. That's what I thought. I thought that was the time that you'd be. Um, not necessarily staring at a wall, but I think that's a time that you'd be germinating these ideas and all that. Because, um, but yeah, no, very, very, um, very interesting indeed. Yeah, well, it's actually no, it's a little bit of both. I mean, this is mm-hmm. where I am coming up with ideas. My brain seems to be more active at night, and mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, usually I can do a lot of that while I'm sitting there drawing. I can just sit there and think about whatever upcoming cover I've got um, while yeah. I'm sitting there drawing a page. Or even a cover that I'm 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 currently working on, um, and I'm thinking about the yeah. next cover. But uh, you know, I do have a notebook that I, I keep near my desk and jot down ideas if I if I have them really quick. Yeah. Um, it's always get, good to get it get down on papers as soon as possible. Those things. Oh yeah. In your head if you don't. But uh, yeah, yeah. The, the the Moon Knight covers were really fun because Marvel let me just go wild on them. I mean, I, I really <laughs> ever turned in multiple sketches. It was usually I turned in one sketch and I'd say, this is what I want to do. And they might have mm-hmm. notes, but a lot of the times, I mean, to my, to my editor's credit, like they just said, good to go, go ahead, you know? And, and they, that's that cool. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, um, and it creates this, like this really positive feedback loop where, because I know that, I'm going to get less static, you know, from my editors. I feel a little bit mm-hmm. more creatively um, free to do whatever. Um, and and yeah. that pushes me to explore a little bit more. And I think that's why those covers get into like weird territories and, 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 and um, they're a little bit more bold and sometimes expressionistic is because I felt yeah. like I had like free reign to do whatever I want. And I don't always have that with covers. You know, you have kind of the... Yeah. You know, uh, not really strict parameters to work within, but but still, you know, uh, a slightly rigid, you know, format, and um, yeah, and that's uh, and that can be a little bit of a challenge to then create something that, uh, you know, is striking, uh, something that will catch. Yeah, attention. yeah, it's um, it kind of echoes from articles I read of, of Jeff Lemire. Like, so I mean, without a doubt. Uh, in my eyes, you know, the, the Lemire Smallwood run of Moon Knight is really good. Um, and Jeff Lemire had had mentioned that he was given kind of a bit more of a, a looser rein on on Moon Knight, with opposed to his other work, which I always cite, um, and I'm sure other readers of Lemire, um, Extraordinary X Men, which I, I found a little yeah, a little bland. Uh, but Lemire had mentioned that they were kind of trying to control him a lot more in that run um, but you can see it like you can see with Moon Knight him having fun with it and uh, I guess that the same kind of principle applies to you as you're saying like if Marvel had given you that free reign we just got this magical 14 issue run where mm-hmm. um, both uh, engines were firing uh, and and it was really really cool indeed uh, did you um uh did you have a particular issue like drawing that you enjoyed um, well, I mean, probably the, the duller ones because they were easy, you know, uh, <laughs> anytime I had to draw deserts or vast amounts of space, I always loved that cause that's super easy, but, um, hang on, sorry, the, the most... you say that, sorry, you say that's super easy, but you draw so much detail in that. <laughs> like it's, yeah. oh, that's, uh, well, you know, it's part of, it's part of the, 
the um you know I've, I've worked with photoshop for um oh almost two decades now and so Mm-hmm. I, I know it like the back of my hand and I know, you know, little shortcuts and tricks. And so some stuff mm-hmm. might look like really, really tough to pull off. Um, yeah. Might, you know, might might only be just a, you know, a few brush strokes or, you know, me configuring the brush just the right way so I don't have to do a ton of work. Um, I, yeah. That's not to say that I don't, I, I am a perfectionist. I will sit there and work, you know, work a page for mm-hmm. hours on end. But um but yeah, a lot of times uh, the sand scenes, the dunes, and the space stuff—it's mm-hmm. just fun because I just sit there with with you know I just fill it with black, and then I just sit there with space. You know, I just throw stars and splatter and mm-hmm. just go wild. <laughs> and and the sand was like I, yeah. it was very zen-like to sit there and 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 draw sand and and <laughs> it was just. You know, it's quite very, uh, out of body, out of body experience while you while you're dotting away, I guess. Yeah, but I'd have to say that if if I had a, there's definitely some issues that felt more uh, rewarding once I was done with them because I felt like I'd accomplished something, and that was probably issue. Yeah. Uh, I think it was ten or eleven. I can't remember mm-hmm. the one where we see him as a kid. Um, yes. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that was drawing kids is really tough. And I, uh, mm. I had I had a, a hard time really getting him to look the right age, and then also mm. look like Mark. Um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was that one I was really really proud of uh, when I was done with it. So, oh, that's an absolutely stellar issue as well. And and you, there are some artists that fall into the trap of making little kids just look like little adults you know so um the the level of attention that you you put to it and actually to make it resemble mark is is just really um really great uh i wanted to also ask greg but i was going to ask this just when we wrap up i want oh yeah before um before i mean i, I do appreciate your time so uh so you mentioned during the comics, uh, you, you you did like those those vast desert uh, and and space <laughs> things. How was it with working with? Because again, one of the big features of the this run, um, volume volume seven, I believe it's officially from Moon Knight. How did you find working with uh, the likes of um, James Stokoe? Um, Wilfredo Torres, uh, Francesco Francovia. I mean, not necessarily like directly, but mm-hmm. I guess with storytelling, how do you sync that up? I mean, I know that you both got different, all different parts to play, but it still has to kind of come together in yeah. some sense. I'm amazed it actually worked. It <laughs> <laughs> was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I was actually going to draw the second art, and then because um, I think it was just like a we were going to do a ten issue run. I think is is what yes. the plan was. And then, right. um, and then Jeff came to me while I was working on the first arc, and he said, "Hey, I've, mm-hmm. Marvel is happy because the sales were really great." And he was like, "You know, mm-hmm. um, we can do a third arc, and I've got some ideas, but I'm not 100% sure." And um, and I said, "Well, you know, I'd love to go back and tell some of his origin." And he 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 leaped at that, but that of course mm-hmm. put me in a weird position where I was like, "Well, I I don't know if I can like keep this up. I'm you know I'm eventually going to run out of room." Yeah. And so, um, my idea uh, was always to do the the second arc in different styles, anyway. And mm-hmm. um, and so I told my editor, I, you know, and I told Jeff, I said, you know, it'd be really cool if we could bring in different artists for each each segment. Mm-hmm. And uh, cool. 
like I said, I, I give a lot of credit to my editor. Um, I, uh, Jake Thomas, um, is, uh, is a really, really sharp guy. And, uh, I don't, I don't think a whole lot of people could have pulled it off. Um, but Jake, Jake managed it and he just, I, I think I gave him like, I think I gave him like a little bit of a list of people that I thought would be cool for each story. But, um, Jake pulled it all together and, uh, Mm. organized the scripts so they would be color coded. Uh, so everybody knew the part. And then once in a while, I think I would step in, I would do a layout. So that way everybody could just kind of fill in their panel. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, so you did the layout. Yeah. For like maybe one, one issue. Um, but and yeah. a lot of times the, everybody just kind of followed my lead. So like I would, I would send a design for poor, poor James Stokoe had to stick with my designs for the, uh, you know, the space <laughs> suits and the, yeah. the, the planes and the, or the, or the uh, spacecraft. And, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was weird because in comics sometimes you 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 do communicate a lot with with uh, with your collaborators and um, mm-hmm. but I'd say most of the time I'd say probably about eighty percent of the time you don't um, you kind of mm, yeah. through you know like Jeff Jeff and I you know we've we've talked um, uh, plenty of times before we've t- spoken on the phone but I, I think for the most part during our Moon Knight run we didn't. We we shared a couple emails, went back and forth, but yeah. most of the time, you know, he would just give me that script, and and that kind of told me everything that I needed, and and it was the same with yeah. the artists that worked on the project. I barely barely communicated through email. We just kind of, I think that's also a credit to the 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 editors. They they can pull people together that they know will just kind of gel. You know that, that mm. will kind of just be able to do their thing and do it well together. Um, and there won't be any of that friction and it just all kind of falls into place. Uh, and yeah. that's just kind of how it felt like it just, you know, uh, yeah, you know, Stoko, uh, you know, Torres, you know, or they just, they send these pages in and they just, they just fit, you know, it just totally, yeah. 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 would, would do his thing and we all kind of knew like what Frank Avila's stuff would look like, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. he would turn it in and, it just looked right yeah. and it fit right into the story and it, it just it, it was yeah. effortless to be honest i i'd like to say that mm-hmm. oh yeah lots of you know planning and 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 logistical yeah. you know uh working around stuff but it was it was just kind of clicked oh that's bloody awesome um i i was just thinking while you were mentioning about frank uh francisco francovia uh again in your newsletter because you did um show some uh some versions of when you were taking on different styles, right? And one of the most striking ones I, I thought was the Jake Lockley uh, scenario, which Frank Avia did, mm-hmm. um, but you did it in a Frank Miller mm-hmm. Sin City esque style. It was pretty damn cool. I mean, I mean, both of, I mean, Frank Avia is obviously fantastic as well, but um, that would have been awesome to see as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it would have been tough to pull off. I was having a lot of trouble yeah. sticking with with each style. Um, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, I mean it's. It was I. You, you, you should have asked to be paid triple. <laughs> you should have asked to be paid triple. <laughs> Three different styles, you know. But um, yeah, I I I was just really happy that we got the artists of that yeah. caliber that we did, and um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always it's always like a little bit of you know bittersweet because I'm like, oh, that would have been really cool. Like it would have been yeah. show off, but. But at the same time, I actually really do truly believe that um, I think getting really very different voices on that book helped it. Yeah. I think 
yeah. get elevated. It also gave it made that book a little extra special because you were getting artists. It did absolutely. That often, yeah. Like Stoko didn't really do a whole lot of work for Marvel, and mm. you know, mm. delivering this 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 work that you normally only see in an indie book, you know, and yeah. Um, and then just getting everybody to, to go in on this together and it be unified in, in such a way that, that it was, I think, yeah, that was just special. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What a, um, what a nice pitch to Marvel as well to, as you mentioned with Stoko, because um, as you say, he doesn't do much of this stuff, but if he's only doing like a few pages here and there, you'd be more kind of likely to, I'm assuming to maybe say, yeah, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a crack. And, uh, and the experiment kind of paid off because, uh, yeah, as, we, as we've mentioned, it was a, a great run and, and it came off um, just superbly. Uh, I was going to ask you, Greg, if, um, you know, if you, if you jump at the chance to work with Jeff Lemire again, but it would be very hard to top, I'm imagining, this experience with the, you know, with the three other artists and, and just the way things happened with Moon Knight. It, it seemed like quite a special run. Yeah, well, actually, Jeff and I have tried to work together several times, but oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. we we tried, we tried at Marvel, um, but uh, yeah, when I mean, we we gave them a huge list of characters that we'd love to work on, but they didn't, they they didn't, uh, they weren't interested. So Ooh. we uh, shopped around some projects at DC, but all that stuff yeah. fell through. It's really hard to usually, you know, DC and Marvel they'll come to you with with offers and they'll pair you up with who they want you to pair off. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of hard to come even just as a team and say, Hey, we would like to do a book yeah. together. Um, oh. I think, but if the sales are good, I would have I, imagined, you know, if you, you know, critically acclaimed, uh, you know, that would have been I think enough, wouldn't it? They're still afraid. I think publishers, are, there's a, a little bit of fear of establishing a, a strong team that can then go off mm -hmm. to something else, you know? Oh, okay. You know, right. if, if I, I'm just guessing here, but that's what I think. It, it yeah. Kind of, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, um, sorry, Greg, uh, just two more things before we wrap up again. I'm just mindful of the time. It's very late for you over there. Thank you. And thank you so much for, for sharing uh, your oh. time with us. Oh. Uh, it's been awesome to bloody just talk, uh, you know, just talk shop. So, um, <laughs> Uh, what I was going to mention, two things. Yeah, Midnight Suns. Uh, there was that thing that you uh, – <laughs> was that one of the things that you pitched with Jeff Lemire or was that something off your own? Uh... It's that solo. At the time, um, uh, you know, I was talking with uh, – with um, Colin Bunn had expressed interest, but I was also talking about bringing on uh, my buddy uh, Jai to, to write it with me. But mm -hmm. um, it just never got too far. I put together a little pitch for it and then – um, he got assigned an editor and Axel was actually kind of shepherding the project. I, he, he really liked it a lot. Um, but, but then he got canned and then, uh, they came out with damnation instead. And so that's, that's kind of what yeah. midnight suns and, um, uh, well, we got blade now, so that's what? pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah, we got Blade like in Marvel now, so at least he's shown up. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because, yeah. um, they, they, it seemed like they were interested in bringing back some of these characters, and you had guys like Donny Cates who were really interested in writing a lot of these characters. And I mean, I, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a shoe in for for a, you know a, a good selling title. Um, I think people, yeah, you know, at that time people were really, and I think Venom kind of shows this that people were really yeah. kind of rediscovering 
those characters that they loved in the nineties and I mm. see him again. I think, you know, especially the, the, uh, the, the horror characters, but, um, yeah, you know, uh, Marvel's, uh, marketing department didn't think that it would, uh, they, they weren't, they weren't as confident in midnight suns. So that would, that yeah. Oh. There'll be a time. Yeah, yeah. There'll be a time and place for it. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I pitched for it though. I had, I had it all yeah. plotted out, and I had the whole thing plotted out. Would have been awesome. Yeah. Would have been awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> Bloody hell. Anyway, who do we have to get in their ear to, to get it happening? I don't know. But uh, anyway, that was the talk of a lot of the um, the Looney Corners, because uh, obviously Mr. Knight was featured in it as well. Um, Greg, uh, look, I have to, again, massive thank you for, for all your time. It is an absolute boon to have you on this show. Uh, I'm very proud to have been able to talk to you, and I'm hoping the loonies out there will enjoy this, uh, this informal chat. But before we go, I wanted to throw to you, Greg, um, a question hobby-wise. What's one of the, apart from comics, obviously, and, and art, uh, what is a hobby that you... Are passionate about that others you know or fans won't necessarily know you do oh yeah that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> well i've got a uh i've got a four-month-old uh baby boy so that's oh congratulations hobby right now i think uh <laughs> 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 demands a lot of time um yeah uh, i love reading i said i, I love uh mm-hmm. reading theology i'm a christian so christian theology mm-hmm. You know, dating back all you know, all the way to the beginning. Okay. Church fascinates me. I, um, mm-hmm. so that's it was it was a big thing that I got. I really wanted to make sure that uh, that Mark was wearing his uh, yamaka on his on his on uh, yeah the flashback sequences, and I made sure you know that yeah I thought that uh, his Jewish roots were kind of foundational for the character, and uh, and that's part oh yeah with my my interest in theology. So yeah oh yeah. Yeah. And that, that was taken a step further with uh, with Max Bemis's run, so it was good to see uh, actually. And yeah, um, no, well, that's fantastic. Well, Greg, uh, thank you again, uh, Loonies. That is, oh, that was Greg Smallwood. Uh, uh, actually, Greg, sorry, just before we, you go, anyway, uh, if there's anything you want to plug, or uh, anywhere that people can contact you and say hello and um maybe join your mailing list oh yeah yeah well um mm-hmm. get on on instagram and find me on there i think it's yeah i think it's savage smallwood on there you can just search for greg smallwood mm-hmm. um you follow me on instagram um i've got a newsletter i think the sign up is is on my instagram but uh, um mm-hmm. I, th- I think i don't know <laughs> i should <laughs> i will put the i should put we'll put a link in the show notes yeah there yeah. you go and uh <laughs> yeah as far as upcoming projects i'm Still doing covers for Punisher. Um, pick up uh, Vader Dark Visions. I've done all the covers for those. Um, be on the lookout for... I've got a, um, a short little Spidey story that I'm working on right now. And then oh. a another one-shot is actually... should be probably solicited uh, maybe in the next previews or the one after that. So be on... Oh, okay. So, yeah. I'm awesome. One right now. Going to be definitely getting that, and I have all your Punisher covers, so don't you worry about that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that. Sorry. Oh, right on. No, thank you for buying them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, they're great. They're fantastic. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to throw now to my future self um, as we continue our hundredth episode. Loony listeners. 
you can contact Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast on email at itkmoonnight at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook with a Facebook page and group and on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, Get Vocal, as well as on our website, intothenight.libson.com. You can also check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash itkmoonnight. Please consider checking out the bonus incentives and any contribution will help us expand the show. A big thanks to sponsors Hello Headphones, empowering gamers to play their best. Use the code ITKMOONNIGHT and get 10% off their online store. Also, a big thanks to Dreamland Comics. Use their code MOON and get a big 20% off their online store. We're also an affiliate member to Entertainment Earth. Please use the links to purchase any of your toy action figure needs. And each purchase helps support the show. We're a big part of the collective, a band of a few like-minded podcasters. And please check out the links in our show notes for access to all their shows. Alternatively, you can type in hashtag TheCollectiveNet on Twitter to see all the shows and all their tweets. Finally, if you'd like to review our show, please do so on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. This will help us get out there just a little bit more and any loonies who don't know the show will be able to tune in. As always, take care, and may Conchu watch over the denizens of the night. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Material used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners. Any reproduction of any properties of Marvel is solely for entertainment use only.